In this episode, we speak with Dr. Dan Frank, the editorial director of the Core Knowledge Science Program. We get to learn the origin story of CKSI K5 and get a sneak peek at the new CKSI Middle School Program. Okay, so today we are going to be talking with Dr. Dan Frank. He is the editorial director for our science curriculum, otherwise known as CK Psy. Uh, thank you for being with us today, Dan. I really appreciate it. I know you all are hard at work on the middle school science literacy program, and we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll give a preview at the end of this podcast, but let's begin by get, I wanted to, you to give us a little bit of background on how you actually got into science curriculum development. Yeah, thanks, uh, Kristen, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. I'm one of those kind of people who knew what he wanted to be when he was uh, in the fourth grade. And uh, from the time I was uh, 11 years old till now, I I really always wanted to be involved in the sciences. And uh, I I got a a doctor's degree, PhD from from Berkeley, from Cal uh, in botany and became a professor at the University of Wisconsin. and then about a, f- a few years after uh, of lecturing and doing research and publishing papers, uh, I actually thought my interest lay more in um, something away from the academic world. And so I began to, uh, I got a job and just found out I loved educational publishing and trying to make science interesting uh, and clear and accurate for kids. I started in 19... 19- gosh, 81 or 82, and have worked for uh, many different companies. Uh, and I've loved it every day because I, I feel I have the greatest job in the world. Every day I deal with some aspect of science, earth science, uh, physical science, chemistry, physics, biology, uh, astronomy. So in putting together books and putting together online publishing, I'm always involved in writing about factual information, uh, editing factual information, being in contact with the, the visuals that kids are going to see to be sure they're, they uh, accurately represent what, um, what we want out of science. So it's been quite a number of years uh, and quite a number of books and I love it uh, because I actually feel it's very important to try, just to try to to make science clear and accurate for kids so that as they go from grade to grade, the understanding of science is just integrated into their education. Uh, And when called upon as adults, uh, they have a a basis of information which makes them better citizens, but also uh, grounds them to the factual realities of nature, which is the world around them. So it's it's been a great experience for me. So let's talk a little bit about the development of CKSI for grades K-5, um, because this project was very different from how we usually create our curriculum, like CKHG, basically that team just went off of the sequence that we already had, the 2010 sequence. Um, 
So why did the science team decide to go with the next generation science standards integrated in with what we current what we had um, in the 2010 sequence? Even before I uh, came aboard on core knowledge, I had participated from the publishing uh, side uh, in the development, understanding the development, uh, watching the process of the next generation science standards develop. I went to a number of meetings to see what they were going to be about, how they were structured. And it seemed to me, uh, even before I came on board, that there was a movement, a science movement sweeping the nation. It was going to be, it's called the Next Generation Science Standards, and it was based on uh, observation. Uh, It was based on seeing and understanding and then trying to make sense of it through actual activities, through the creation of knowledge, uh, uh, step-by-step doing things in the classroom, which uh, students were able to investigate, students were able to question, uh, and I saw it happening throughout the nation. When I came to core knowledge, I realized we had a very interesting situation in which the core knowledge science curriculum, which was based on factual knowledge, shared factual knowledge that we all should have that would be necessary for a society to be able to talk with one another, to know certain things. So we had a factual reading-based set of concepts in the core knowledge science curriculum, but we had a movement in the nation, uh, which was the more hands-on, more hands-on, not not that core knowledge didn't suggest that, um, but the two had to be put together. And so because so many of our teachers and so many of our schools either needed to have the next generation science standards as part of what was accepted for their science curriculum, but also they loved the core knowledge curriculum, it was our job to put the two together and to integrate them. And that meant changing the sequence a little bit. And this was a difficult thing for us to do, but we were guided by the fact that even in the development of the sequence, and even in the structure of the core knowledge approach, the sequence was never written in stone. It was always meant to evolve. And this evolved under both uh, the pedagogical pressures brought by NGSS and some of the economic pressures because the schools had to be able to tell their curriculum uh, coordinators, their district coordinators, their state representatives that they had an NGSS compliant program. I'm not saying it was a strictly NGSS program, but they needed to know that the main points of NGSS and many of the philosophies were in the program. So we started with the, the development of the Uh, core knowledge three through five sequence. Uh, We revised it. We we moved some of the units around. We tried to keep the the essence of what was core knowledge uh, and still deal with the issue of integrating NGSS. And when we finished the three, five program, we did the same thing for kindergarten uh, through second grade. uh, And there's things that we did that were very not NGSS. For example, 
We actually believe in reading factual knowledge about the sciences. And so we, ha we have a, a reader, read aloud at grades K2, uh, and students reading the books at 3-5, they have books in their hands that are not classical textbooks, but are more taking an observation or a phenomenon and then exploring that phenomenon. And we have a teacher guide that's very hands-on. So you have all the activities that one expects in a science classroom from kindergarten on, whether you're building a windmill in kindergarten or uh, a maybe, maybe a seismic table in the upper grades. Uh, so you have a teacher guide and the teacher guide is the, 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 the sequence, the core of what you do day by day. And in three, five, there's even a pacing guide. And you do activities and you do certain hands-on things or teacher demonstrations. And then when you have some basis, you go back to the reader and read. So it's a program in which the teacher guide guides the activities. And at a certain point, the students stop, go to a beautiful little book, read a little or do a read aloud, then go back and do more activities. And in the 20 to 30 days or 25 days for any unit, there's this marriage between doing things in the classroom and reading a basis of factual knowledge. And that marriage is an indication of the marriage between core knowledge and the next generation science standard. There are people who go, why was anything changed? And the thing is, it just evolved because of the evolving nature of science education of what we're learning in our universities about what works and what doesn't. And so we wanna keep up with the times. We're not just going to do the same old thing if we see good and honest reasons. And I think we came out with a pretty good program that you can say meets NGSS performance standards. It meets the three dimensions of learning, but it still retains the core knowledge essence of factual information uh, that, that's been the hallmark of core knowledge. I think we did a good job. Uh, it, it, it seems to be working in the classrooms too. I, I have to say, I love these, the student books in the lower grades because the students can see themselves in those books. So if they are it, like loose, talking about loose and the owls and, and that would be, people that live in Arizona or students that are in New Mexico, they can see themselves there. Or when you're talking about the moon, does the moon follow us? And what, what is it like when the little boy walks his dog at night and he's seeing the moon? And so these are situations that are actually happening to students every day. And then they're reading about it. and like, oh yeah, I have thought about that particular phenomena. You make the phenomena very accessible in those lower grades which I don't think that all science programs out there are doing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what also makes us unique is the accessibility. I, I think the, the uh, as the next generation science standards matured, they became more and more aware that under, uh, obs observing some kind of phenomenon, in other words, seeing something that occurs in the natural world, and by that, I can even mean a chemical reaction or an opera singer singing and the glass breaks or the moon comes up at a different time every night. What's going on there? 
with all of those observations, what we tried to do in the student books was to bring the student into that, that situation. For example, we have uh, in, in kindergarten, we have a book called Our Five Senses, uh, which is a human biology strand unique to the core knowledge program. And we put a girl and her, her uh, uh, aunt at a carnival where all the sights and sounds and smells and all the things that, that, that are exciting about a carnival are the spring. Those are phenomena. So they're the springboard for the interaction of the aunt and the little girl to discuss the five senses. And this is the way actually kids connect to the world. Albert Einstein said that science is just taking a deeper look at the natural world. And that's exactly right. We smell something and some people are, most people are fine with just smelling something, but some people just, they can't help themselves. They say, what's going on? Why am I smelling this? How does this work? I mean, I know I have a nose and pretty much if I close my nose, I can't smell it. Uh, so what, what's going on? I mean, this like, I can't smell, it's like, these are the, these are the things that are everyday experiences that people have that they need to take a deeper look at. And that's what we've tried to do. And once you observe that phenomenon, you can do experiments and ask questions and have activities. And then at a certain point, you can turn around and read about those things. So that if you're unclear what all those activities meant to you, Maybe a reading would tell you, and it's not like a classic textbook, okay? It's books in which the phenomenon is discussed, and then we talk about the factual uh, basis for the phenomenon. Yeah, it, it's just so cool. And you mentioned about the five senses. So that is what makes this unique because there is no human biology strand in NGSS. So why did you all make that decision? to add that, I know it was in the sequence before, but what prompted you to say, you know, we really need to have this in our science series? I think there were a number of uh, topic areas that were in the uh, core knowledge sequence that we felt, we felt 30 years ago and we feel today are important to be taught despite what, uh, uh, what certain professors might suggest is too much or uh, not core. We believe in teaching about the human body at every grade level, K through five. In fact, I think we do K through six. Uh, that's coming up. But um, we, we believe that in K through five, every year you should learn something about the human body. And it was just like, well, the next generation science standards didn't have that, but we believed it should be there. And I guess you have to stand for something so uh, we kept it in. Also, there were other things. Uh, there was no unit on electricity uh, and magnetism and a couple of other things that core knowledge said, this is important. We need to do this. Uh, I know that the NGS is, and everybody says this, an inch deep and a mile wide. Okay, But that doesn't mean you should leave out extremely important uh, things. And if, and if the human body isn't an important part, something to be taught in science or at least the health component uh, of education. I don't know what is. So we just stuck to our guns in a number of cases and we have units that were not units. Uh, 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 simple machines, for example, or sim 
we throw on some compound machines too. But those were not, that was not a core uh, unit in, in MGS's performance standards, but we felt it was very important uh, that kids understand things like a lever and a plane and, and the very classical, very important part of education for many years. Uh, we left it in. It was part of the core knowledge belief uh, that many of the things that were in our original sequence should not be eliminated. So you you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation um, that you've been in this field for a really long time. So, and you've seen programs, you've helped create programs, programs have come in, come and gone. Um, what do you think makes CK size so different than anything else that's on the market right now? I think it's actually more different now than it was when the sequence was written and when core knowledge uh the, the, the idea behind core knowledge even began to take place in, in, the, in the mind of uh, Dr. Hirsch. Um, I think the continual, let me back up. In the 1950s, in the 1960s, there was a way of teaching science which was merely textbook reading. Uh, you would read something about let's say a chemical reaction, you'd read all about it, you'd hear the word atoms, products, reactions, et cetera. Then you would, then you would do a chemical reaction. So the, the doing part always was a reinforcement of the factual information. And that's the way it was for many years until many people said, maybe we ought to have the kids experience things by doing them and then they can construct their knowledge. A lot of people did that and the kids never ended up quite constructing the knowledge from all these experiments without the, any kind of reading or factual basis. The next generation science standards has taken that, uh, not pure constructivism, but there is the kids observing a phenomenon, having a question, but they do, still do not have the core reading that goes along the basis of factual information that we all agree upon factually. Uh, and that's what makes core knowledge unique. We have reading, uh, uh, we're gonna have reading from K through eight, uh, which we feel is the basis, um, which we feel is an important component in learning, okay? It's now not the only component, like it was back in the day. But now you can construct knowledge to a point and you still have this reverence uh, of factual knowledge, which has been the hallmark of the, the core knowledge program in all of its areas, history, uh, uh, literature, uh, geography, all of them grieve upon factual information that we all should, should know to make a unified society where we all agree on certain basic factual principles. So you you talked a little bit about the middle school program even just a second ago. Can you give uh, our listeners a quick preview of what six through eight is going to be like? It's very different than K5 and people uh, need to will we will at K at uh, core knowledge we will work very hard to be sure you understand our message. There is a fantastic program out there that's been NGSS approved 
and is really uh, an NGSS in its approach. And that's uh, a, something called Open Science Education, Open SciEd, it's called. They have 18 units, and all of those 18 units are based upon students observing something, doing something, and asking questions. What they do not have is reading, a lot of reading. So they have some, but they have very little reading about the sciences. We were concerned that in grades six, seven, and eight, as students start to realize they can actually become citizens of the world, that there was no actual training in science literacy. Let me give you an example of what we think about when we when mean the term science literacy. Suppose you have a, a town and the town has a marshland or a bog that they are thinking of draining for a parking lot. The, the parking lot will be for a series of stores which will bring economic strength to the community. And there will be people who will argue that that economic strength is, is very important in the community. There are people who may argue that a bog or a marsh is extremely important ecologically in that area, and that draining that bog will uh, damage the, uh, the environment. So you have a town meeting, and what you want out of all of the citizens is that they understand factually the science information that are involved with ecosystems, promoting ecosystems, damaging, managing ecosystems, and without making a, uh, any kind of value that it's better to have the bog or not bog, you want people to be able to speak intelligently using terms like ecosystem, uh, biological interaction, abiotic factors. And if somebody puts a graph on the, the board showing the number of species that will increase or decrease when the bog is drained, everyone should be able to understand the science behind that, how that, how that information was gathered, what the sources are. People need to be critical about bad science because people often create uh, scientific facts that have no basis in factual reality. And so what we mean by literature is the creation of scientifically literate citizens, citizens who read in the sciences, citizens who connect science and literature, citizens who connect science and art, students who can read a scientific paper, students who can understand scientific diagrams, and especially students who can evaluate scientific sources. These things are what core knowledge think is very important to create a literate science citizen. Open Syed has formed the basis of the doing of the program in an NGSS way, and we have added to that with a science literacy component, which involves reading, uh, readings three times a week that only take about 15 minutes, but which talk about literacy in the science as opposed to the actual development of knowledge uh, through experimentation uh, and demonstration. So we think we have a very exciting program uh, which has the best of both worlds. It's a pure NGSS accepted program the open sci-ed part, 
And then we have added to it with the core knowledge literacy um, component. So we're very excited about this. I don't think there's anybody doing science literacy uh, with the spirit that, that core knowledge is doing right now. I was able to see a preview at the very beginning of one of the units about sound, and it was amazing. And I'm so excited to see what the entirety of, of all three um, grade levels, all the units, what it's going to be like. We're, I think all of us internally are, are just as anxious for it to come out as people who have been sending emails in asking uh, when the program's going to be available. So uh, we can't wait. And I want to have you back um, to discuss it once we've launched the middle school program. So thank you, um, Dan, for taking the time to chat today. Um, I hope everybody has learned more about um, why we created CKSI the way we did for K-5 and what's coming up in grades six, eight. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks. Thank you.